Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. and blessings, love and light. And welcome to another edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond. I'm a minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You LLC, where I help my clients to realign themselves, mind, body, and spirit. And welcome again to another edition, where we're going to talk about the topic of the spiritually minded child. And I want to dive right into this because it's important for us to talk about spirituality. It's something that has been so prevalent that we've talked about in recent years where people are kind of shifting from saying that they're religious and talking about being spiritual and talking more about spirituality, especially as this pandemic has hit. A lot of people have turned to source and have turned to other alternatives outside of religion in which to practice you know, expressing their spirituality. And so before we dive into this topic, as is customary in the How Now podcast, I'm going to ask my special guest to introduce herself at this time. Okay, thank you, Kim, for having me. I am Erica Johnson, also known as the Phantom Queen, and I am the owner of the Wisdom Realms LLC and the Phantom Queen LLC. And what I am is a, a medium and a necromancer. I am a teacher of uh, spiritual practices. And I have an online store where I provide uh, different items for people to support themselves in living their version of a happy and balanced life. I love that, I love that. And welcome so much. We thank you for being here on the show and for coming again to talk about this timely subject of the spiritually minded child. But before we go into that, tell us a little bit more about your business and, and how it came about. Sure. Uh, so um, I have always been interested in uh, what I would call like the invisible world and things that would happen that people could not really explain. Mm -hmm. uh, I've always had this curiosity. I've always studied uh, different, different belief systems. Um, I've always been interested in the archetype of like the superhero and like why they are what they are. And uh, I found a lot of ways to relate to these archetypes or these characters like in my own life or looking at people who to me were exceptional and who were like breaking out of the, the mold of traditional things and, and walking their own path. And so um, I was a, a government employee for 20 years, um, but I always had this desire to have my own business. Mm -hmm. And so over the last few years, I got more serious with my studies. Um, and most recently, I graduated from Divinity Academy. Uh, I was supposed to graduate actually in 2020, but you know, we had this situation. <laughs> so I didn't actually, uh, we just actually had our graduation this past May. Um, but, um, but yeah, so I, I just got more serious with, with my studies and my practices, and I wanted to help people, um, which is always like the core of whatever I do is to help other people. Um, and so now I work as a medium and a necromancer, among other things. And in that role, I help people uh, find closure when when they have the loss of a loved one. Um, this can be a very challenging time, and um, so I'm able to like bridge that gap and help people get some healing, get some closure, uh, and, and get peace of mind. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. And I said that 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 is the field that you are in. And of course, you know, being a a, um, mom of a daughter who is deceased. Yes. You know, that that can be a challenge. And, and, And it definitely is a journey. You know, and and you know, it's it's wonderful when platforms are created for us to be able to express those things and to be able to to you know find that closure. That's important. That is key. And that is something that was necessary and and part of my why in doing what I do. So absolutely, you know, we are we are sisters connected in that realm. So that that's a beautiful thing that that you're doing. Okay, so we've talked about what it is that that you know prompted you to start your business and uh, you know the types of clientele that you work with. And then all of a sudden 2020 hit <laughs> and the pandemic hit. Yeah. What were some of the things that you saw different as far as your clientele base was concerned? Or did you see a difference when the pandemic hit? Well, it was interesting because actually my business was brand new <laughs> when the pandemic um, hit. So uh, it was it was really it was really interesting um, to walk away from a quote unquote like steady paycheck and step into trusting myself and um, you know building those entrepreneurial muscles. Right. And so um, so I did notice that people were very unsure of what was going on and i was as well of course i am people too that's right, that's right. Um, you know i didn't really know what was going on or how things were going to play out um but one of the things that i offer as a service is something called futurescaping mm-hmm. and that is where i help people who have ideas or you have that person who's like they, they're good at everything and they don't know, like, you know, what do I do with all of it? Uh, so that is something that I noticed. Uh, I did have more people who were like, okay, you know, my business or my, my job has, has dissolved or, you know, this company that has been around for 50 years is all of a sudden non-existent. So what do I do? So, um, so I did have quite a few people who were, who were wanting to figure out their future. And so um, I was able to support them in being able to identify what they had that is beneficial right now and you know how they could put that together into something that they could offer to others. Right. I think that's powerful because uh, during this pandemic, it has been, it has been a season of people trying to, you know, take a look at themselves in the mirror. And some people. Yeah, you know, for some people it was difficult to do that, you know, to be able to, to sit there and, and sit with themselves and to be able to say, you know, now what? You know, now that what I thought was something that was stable, you know, and where some of us, you know, voluntarily choose to move <laughs> and to right. do something and, and you know, to follow our our uh, you know, our passion. And then there were those who were forced to do so. And there's definitely a difference, and, and it's beautiful when, when we create spaces where we can help people to move from those spaces of fear to understanding and then eventually to growth. And, yeah. and there are those of us who are on that side of, of growth and being able to reach back and to help others. So, you know, that's definitely an important component. You know, so I know that, you know, talking about, about change and talking about finding, you know, our way it's also important to remember that those of us who have children also have to go about helping them to find their way as well. And sometimes as we're growing and we're learning, you know, for some of us, uh, you know, the the children can be at the mercy (laughs) of, of, you know, following our belief systems, our, our practices, because, their children and they're following in their parents' footsteps or their guardian's footsteps or those who are responsible for their care. And so it's definitely something that, you know, needs to be tapped into because they're they're part of the process as well. You know, as we're changing and as we're developing and growing, it's also important that we remember that, that our children are, are included in that po- process, whether they want to be or not. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. Recently, uh, you were um, uh, a part of a um, a institute uh, for a former guest of mine, uh, 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 Princess uh, Empress Shay, uh, yeah. aka uh, Sharonda Barksdale, and uh, that you uh, spoke to uh, at her institute regarding children and spirituality. And so we want to talk a little bit about that process and, and, and uh, what it was that you shared during that time. Absolutely. So, and just for any viewers that um, see this later, I do have some notes so that I'm looking at as I'm speaking to you all. Right. Um, so one of the things that I talked about, um, well, first is just this kind of definition of what is spirituality? And there's many, many uh, definitions of this. Um, but for me, it's the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to strictly focusing on the material or the physical things. And so with that, um, that leads into this, this idea of mindfulness. And as you said, when we are going through experiences and, you know, we're parents or grandparents or, you know, you maybe have a daycare center or something where you're around children, the children are watching us have these experiences and they're seeing how we react to things or versus responding, you know, do we feel like, like this is the end, we're not going to make it. You know, children are very sensitive and they pick up on these things, even if we're saying with our mouths that, you know, everything is fine, but really we're, we're afraid, we, we don't know, you know, what's going to happen next, like they feel all of that. And so um, mindfulness practices are, are very important. And so mindfulness is a type of meditation where we focus on being intensely aware of what we're sensing and feeling in the moment without interpreting it or judging. It. And even when I say um, meditation, so for this discussion, what I mean when I say meditation is pausing or like pulling our attention away from whatever is going on around us and bringing that awareness into ourselves, into where we are right now in this moment. So does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we say how now, and exactly, we're talking about now, and and, and a big part, part of that is being mindful of, of all of the things that are going on around us, as you mentioned, and, and being able to focus in on that. And, and I think that, you know, as, as we have that heightened sense of awareness, that that helps us to be able to navigate in spaces that are typically more challenging. Absolutely. So, so that's definitely a wonderful definition of mindfulness and of Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, um, you know, how, how this is beneficial and, and which will lead into like how we, we share this with our kids. Yeah. So um, some of the benefits of mindfulness practices are it helps to improve mental focus. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I just want to say um, all of these things that I'm sharing, these are facts that can be researched. So it's not just like someone's opinion. Um, there's actual scientific proof of this. So, uh, so it helps with mental focus. It gives kids the habit of focusing on the present moment and ignoring distractions. And I just wanna say with this one point in particular, I know that a lot of times parents uh, will tell our kids like, you know, you need to focus. How come you're not paying attention? Uh, you know, maybe you get a report from the school that your child is, is not, paying attention and they're, they're being um, a nuisance in, in class. And, you know, for most, I'm gonna say the average American, we don't really teach our kids how to pay attention or how to focus. Like this is an actual skill. 
And so practicing these mindfulness techniques actually helps our kids to learn how to focus. And I apologize for the background noise. No worries. Uh, we, we don't worry about things like that. We're, we're listening and focusing in on what it is that you're saying. So it's an exercise in focus for us. <laughs> and that is perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine. But I love the point that you bring up. You know, it is something just like we're teaching children their lessons in school teaching them to be mindful, teaching them to focus is something that that is necessary as well. And they're also looking at us. And if they see us on, on their way to school and, 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 and you know, we're driving them to school and we're on the phone and we're doing everything but focusing on the road or, or we're, you know, we're fussing and jumping off and, and, right, and reacting right. to everything yeah. that's going on around us. Everybody in the car is Absolutely. around us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so what example are we setting? Right. You know, so they're looking at us and, you know, as, as, as their, their caregivers and, and as also as their teachers, even more so during the pandemic, you know, where, where we had to take on the role that typically a lot of parents didn't take on. But, yeah. but for things like that, you know, focus is something just like you said, it's something that is learned as well. It's not yeah. just something that they just, you know, intuitively know how to do I mean, exactly exactly yeah and that's exactly it so that teaches them um so these mindful practices teach them how to stay calm in the face of stressful times <laughs> like this <laughs> so um so mindfulness also promotes happiness by lowering social anxiety and stress and this is another thing, especially in this last year that we've had, again, with this, you know, all of this uncertainty, um, you know, parents, of course, are, are, are stressed because, again, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, you know, can you go to work? Can you not go? What's going to happen with your pay? You know, are you living off your savings? So, of course, again, it's understandable that the stress factor is high with the uncertainty. Yeah. And when we start doing these techniques, which I will share some of them in a moment, yeah. um, this not only helps us as the adults or the caregivers, it is showing the children like, okay, you know, things are absolutely going to happen. Things are going to happen that we didn't plan for that we've never experienced before, and we still have to have a way to move through this. So, um, so one of the other benefits of mindfulness practices is that it actually creates a good habit for the future. So when we're faced with life challenges, um, they know when they start learning these techniques, it's like um, it gives them this, this inner confidence because they know that they have the ability to unplug from any situation and take a few minutes and, and refocus and center themselves. Right. And so that gives them this, um, like this innate, this innate sense of, of confidence in self. Yeah. So that's something that's, that's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you said that the, those are all wonderful things that, that, uh, you know, once we once we master those practices, you know, we can always go back to them because mm -hmm. the one thing that we're always wanting to do and the one thing that that is a focus of, of this platform is helping people to to cope. And the, the acronym for that is create our peaceful existence. Mm -hmm. How do we go about coping? How do we go about creating those mechanisms that we can use to assist us in that? And, yeah. and that's a huge part. Mindfulness, like you said, helps us to focus. It help us, helps us to get back to center. And, and the more we have opportunities to practice that, and like you said, we've had several instances to practice that with, with some of the anxiety, especially right. with children, right. yes, yeah. of being home with their parents. There was some anxiety and change there and, you know, pulling them out of their social circles. Then, right. then you know, those children who were told that it was okay for them to go back and their parents had to go to work. And now there was anxiety of being separated from their parents, yeah. anxiety from going back into to the school environment and not knowing whether they were going to get sick, you know? So, you know, th there were so many opportunities 
for for children to practice that that mindfulness and that that you know being able to center so that that way you know the anxiety doesn't you know overcome them right so it's like you said it's important to have those practices in place especially for situations just like these and and, and we're still not quite at the end of that yeah. Still, yeah you know we're still navigating in that space and and trying to figure out how best to you know to go home, you know, kids are off for the summer. And then, you know, those who are going to be told they have to go back to school full time, it's going to be, you know, for some, it's going to still be a, a place of anxiety. It's still going to be some fear. And there are some parents who are, are fearful just as well for their children. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely. So, yeah, so we are not, uh, you know, I don't, I, I've heard people say, you know, we're going to give back to normal. And my belief is that, like, this is the new normal, like that there's no going back. So it's like embracing where we are now and deciding how we're gonna move forward in the future. Because yeah, for me, my belief is that there, that's done. Like that is the past. Um, yeah, we're in a new, this is a new world. This is a new, new world. chapter, new chapter, new beginning, yeah. fresh slate. Yeah. You know, what, what are we yeah. doing? Just like you said, from now moving forward, you know, we, we can, we can look back as a, as a point of reference, but not as, as how we're going to exist right. moving forward. You know, we're going to say, oh yeah, I remember when we used to do that, but <laughs> that, may, that may be all it is. <laughs> I remember that. I remember, you know, when phones were a dime and now we have cell phones, you know, it's right. something that we, we're never going to go back to. And, and so, so, you know, what, what do we do? What are the tools? But just like I said, we were talking about, about mindfulness. We were talking about, uh, you know, helping children to focus. And, and I do want to tap into that whole aspect of, of spirituality and, and, and how we go about, you know, bringing that level of consciousness to our children. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing um, that I like to share with people is that everything in our world yeah. at its core is energy. Yeah. Like everything is energy. So we in our physical bodies, we are this combination of energy and matter. So I like to say it's like the invisible, which is the energy and the matter is the part that we perceive to be real with our eyes. And so when we're able to kind of tap into that, that invisible world and put our own intentions and desires into that invisible world, mm -hmm. then we're able to see that expressed into the matter, into the physical world. And so talking to kids and, and sharing with them this concept of like there's an invisible force that's, that's working along with what we can see. For me, I feel like that helps to empower them. Mm -hmm. So if we are teaching them again through our own example with these techniques that I'll share, um, then they're able, to, they're able to influence their own lives on purpose and not feel like you know, they are a victim of circumstances. Um, and even like with energy, uh, something that's like a easy example of this is like if you're out somewhere, if, if you're going out now, um, but I, I know we've all had this experience where you've been out somewhere and maybe you're shopping and then it's like, you just feel someone staring at you. Right. And you look up and up, oh, sure enough, you catch this person, you know, staring at you, then maybe they smile or they look away, whatever. Right. But what happened in that moment was there was like an energy exchange. Like you could feel that attention. You could feel that presence of that person putting that focus directly on you. Yeah. And it's like, how, how do you know? Because it's quote unquote invisible. Right. But we're all still, it's like, um, you know, there's frequencies, like radio frequencies. So you felt that energy or that frequency of that person, it came into your space, it got your attention and you became aware. 
um, another example of, of energy by kind of working where we're experiencing it is when you think of someone, right? You have that friend, that, that former coworker, whomever, you haven't seen them in a while. And then it's like, you know, where is Kim? How's Kim doing? And then all of a sudden you look up and there's a text from Kim or there's a call, right? And it's like, how did that happen? That's like another example of that energy and us being on like that same wavelength at that time and, and coming together. So energy is a real thing, even though we may not be able to um, really see it with our eyes, it, it still exists. It's, it's like electricity, right? You know, you can't see electricity, but you know, when you flip that light switch, the lights are gonna come on. Exactly. And we don't have to necessarily know how it all works, but we know it works. Well, I, so I, it's like that same same principle. Yeah, I was gonna say I love that that you use simplistic terms because those are things that we can all connect with. Those are things that we can all say, Oh yeah, I've had that happen. And even a child can say, Yeah, you know, I've been in my classroom and felt somebody looking at me, and then when I looked over, you know, Joey or somebody was looking at me. Right. You know, so so it's wonderful because that's something that they can tap into. And, and I think it's also, you know, as you said, it's important that we talk about the invisible and the visible and tangible. So that, that way, you know, we're eliminating some of the fear that there are things that actually in, exist in the invisible. But also what I love about this is that, you know, you're, you're teaching the children not to be fearful, but you're also opening you know, a door for them to be able to express things that they may have experienced. Because, yeah. you know, as you said, th these were things that you've always, you know, wondered about. And, and, you know, it's wonderful when you can express those thoughts or, or those experiences, you know, to your, to your parent or to your family or to your, without being ridiculed or said, oh, you're yeah. crazy. Oh, that's not happening. Because oh. there are many people who who have had experiences and have been fearful to talk about them because they were afraid of of, of the ridicule that or or you know the backlash that was going to come from that. Yeah. So you know I think it's wonderful to to create those spaces where we can say, oh, these are things that happen, or to to at least open that door so that the conversation can begin. So a child say, well, you know, mm -hmm. I felt so and so, or I I've been in my room and and thought I saw something or or heard something. And, and, you know, our reaction to it can be like, oh, okay, you know, of just, you know, allowing them to speak in what yeah. it is that they've experienced without that ridicule. So I know that's yeah, important. Absolutely. absolutely. About those conversations. And yeah. When, when kids do that, um, it is important to acknowledge what they're sharing. And even if it's something that you don't see, maybe you don't even necessarily believe it. But it's, um, you know, asking them, like, well, what did you see? How did you feel when you had this experience? Um, and people will be surprised sometimes. Um, it's not uncommon for children, especially younger children, to have these connections with the spirit world. Uh, it's not uncommon for children to see deceased loved ones that they they never met. These people may have transitioned 20, 30, 40 years before they were ever even born. Right. But that family, like that love, that connection is still there. And so they may be having those experiences. So, you know, just being open, asking them questions, supporting them, and understanding that there are times when it is going to be their imagination only where they're just wanting to share something or maybe they just want to see how you know you as the parent are going to respond right but if we're open to it if we're supportive of it if we're you know checking in with them if if they are afraid of something if they're having some kind of experience where um you know i did um something came up on the other call um or the other the other talk where um, a parent, her child was having this experience at night where 
she was feeling this energy around her and it made her very uncomfortable. And at first the mother was kind of like, nah, I don't know. Um, but when we looked into it a little further, it was like, I could see that it was her grandmother was like hanging around and she was very, very present with this, with this child. And when we talked about it a little bit more, it turned out that the mom was always calling on this grandmother for help. Like when she felt overwhelmed or frustrated and didn't know what to do as a parent, she was calling on this deceased loved one. And the deceased loved one was kind of like a, a pit bull, like guarding over this child. Yes. But her presence was so strong and so, um, I hate to use the word domineering, but she was very, very, very strong energy, very strong. Um, but you know, for the the deceased loved one, this was her way of protecting because in life she was like that pit bull for her family, right. and so she was still that way uh, even in death. Right. And so once we were able to identify that, you know, this is this person, um, you know we can communicate with them. We can let them know that, okay, I see you. I appreciate that you're here, that you want to look out for me or you want to look out for my children. And your presence is a little strong. And maybe you can pull back a bit or maybe, you know, grandma or auntie, um, maybe don't, don't come every night. Or when you come, you know, stand by the door. You don't have to be like right over the child. And they can hear us so and you can speak out loud you can think this in your mind but they are aware of us they're aware of our feelings they're aware of our thoughts and so when kids are able to talk and know that um you know this thing doesn't feel good to me then it's like okay well i'm here for you and i can show you how to to be empowered i can show you that you know in this space you are powerful you're not alone you can use your voice. Like there's different things that you can do to, to make your room feel safer. But again, it's just like having that, that space or, or being that person that they can come to, to trust and, and to know that you will do whatever you can to support them. Right. And I'm sure that if, if there are, are parents or guardians of children who are having these experiences and they're uncertain themselves, that they can seek out people like yourself or yeah. others who, who, or, you know, begin to research and, and gather information so that that way you can speak intelligently to the child or, or just say, well, you know, let's look up something. If they're a slightly older child, let's, let's, let's look up some of these things and, and see, and see what we can discover together and yeah. make it something that they can do together. But I'm, I'm sure that it's important that, that they have someone who can, you know, explain, you know, what it is that they're experiencing and letting them know that there isn't anything wrong with it. You right. know, they may be having a, a different experience, but to understand what it is that, what it is that that experience means. And so, you know, I, I, I strongly believe that that's, in, that's important, you know, because just as we're going through our, you know, spiritual journey or whatever journey it is that we're on, you know, our children experience it too. And just like you said, they, they, they take on, you know, what it is that they see us doing. They, they take on our reactions. And so if it is something that, that we're seeking to learn and do that, that we can pass that on to our child. You right. Know? So is that, is there, a, I don't know if I want to say, is there an age where, or, or a, you know, where, where we can have that discussion with them, where we're not scaring them or, or keep it simple at, at, you know, at a slightly younger age. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that it depends on like the parents practice or how they perceive um, spirituality or spirits in general. So if, um, Let's say if it's a family where you have like um, what I would call like an ancestor altar, or if you have maybe you have a lot of pictures on a wall and 
um, as a family, maybe talk about, you know, this is grandpa so-and-so and this is grandma and, you know, they did these things in life. So if it's like kind of like a, a part of the conversation already where like you acknowledge that, you know, these people came before us and, um, you know, so it's like not a secret or a mystery, then I think it's a little easier to say, um, you know, if, if you're feeling the presence of grandma or grandpa, like it's okay, because we, you know, we honor them by remembering them or talking about them or giving them water or food or, you know, there's a multitude of ways that people, um, you know, remember their ancestors. Um, and so if it's something that's like a practice that the family is already doing, then the child is like growing up with that already. So that door is kind of already open. Right. If, um, if it's not something that you do, but you notice that your child is having some kind of experience, um, regardless of the age, I think it's just important to first, like I said, just to be that open door to, to share or, you know, open door to hear whatever it is they're experiencing and not just dismissing it. And then children, um, I mean, even small children understand if you say like, you know, we have all the power here which is true, like we are the most powerful because we exist in this time. Like we are the, the physical uh, manifestations in this, in this realm, in this living world. And so teaching kids that, like even to say that, you can tell your kids like you have the power here. Um, you can also uh, actually make your own holy water. And so, and the way to do that is just, you get some tap water, you can put some salt in it, sea salt, Himalayan salt, any kind of salt. Um, and then with your hand, you can say like a blessing over that water and do this with your child. So your child is watching you do this or you're doing this together. And you know, you're calling in peace, you're calling in um, love, joy, light, whatever, you know, words resonate with you, calm in the house, um, you know, everything works together. We're all, everything that's in this space works for us. So you're like feeding those intentions into that water. And then you and the child, you go around and you just kind of sprinkle the house. So you're like blessing the house and you're showing them like, okay, this is what we do. We're bringing harmony back into our space. Anything that's not working for us, it has to go. Uh, you can even like open a window and say, you know, anything that's not wanted, it has to leave. Right. And you're also teaching the child, like I have power in my voice, like saying out loud, like that's very powerful to say, this is my space. No, you're not welcome here or no, you know, no to whatever doesn't resonate. Right. So, I mean, a small child, I mean, no, it's like one of the first words, right? right. I mean, right. you get to the point with toddlers, it's like, oh, God, here they go with no again, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, I don't, you know, I feel like once they're at an age of some kind of understanding, you know, you can kind of tailor it to, to their age and their level of understanding. Absolutely. I think that is amazing. And, and I mean... You're right. I mean, there are many of us who have ancestor altars, some people who, who do have certain practices. And because it's so special to us, sometimes we do forget to include the children in this and they may see us doing something and they don't understand why. And, yeah. and we don't explain it to them. And so I, just like you said, I think that that love of awareness, like you said, if it's just pictures, you know, hey, these are pictures. I mean, and that could be done in any way. My, my, like I told you, my grandbaby is three years old and we have a blanket that we got from her and it has all the pictures. It has the picture of, of her auntie who is deceased. She has a picture of, of you know, my, my brother and, you know, a couple of our other relatives that are deceased. And she knows them mm -hmm. because we've shown her pictures of them. And we said, you know, hey, this is your auntie. This is your auntie Kitty or this is, you know, your uncle Reggie. These are, these are family members who are no longer here, but we love them. 
and she understands that and she can point to it and she goes there goes auntie kitty or and it's wonderful because that that's what she understands she just knows that that was somebody who was here but they're not here but that we love them mm-hmm. and so you're right they understand that and 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 i guess as, as simple as we can you know make it for them and just and and to, and to you know answer their questions why you know because of course all children ask those questions why is this and why is that so I think, uh, you know, like you said, the path is opening that door and answering those whys so that, that way, even for our older children, they don't just go and start looking up information because, you know, especially those and those millennials and all those others who are just going out there and saying, oh, well, if you're not going to tell me, I'm going to go on Google and look it up. Right. You know, how yeah. much of it are we willing to share? How much of it are we willing to expose our children to so that that way they're hearing it from us and understanding our practices so that our practices become their practices if it's something that, you know, will benefit them and, and will help them to be able to grow in this space. So yeah. that's awesome that, that you know, we're, we're seeking to do that. And, and that is something that can be done at any age, you know? So I think that's something that's awesome. Wow. You know, I just have to say, uh, it just gave me chills when you said that about the blanket and that's just so powerful on so many, so many levels. Mm. Um, and it's like, even the act of, I mean, like a blanket is a comfort, right? And to have these, these family members, these, these loved ancestors who are, of course, looking over this child, right? They love her. Yeah. And so it's like this, like you're really creating this, um, it is like a blanket of love. It's a blanket of protection. It's a blanket of um, like, you know, this this deeper connection even. So like, that's just so powerful. <laughs> it's, it, it is amazing. But just like, it's, it, it's all about, about creating those avenues in which to, to share with, with our children and just, and just in, you know, making sure that they are part of that process. There are many things, like I said, that we do that our children watch and we just say, well, you know, don't, don't worry about this. That's mine. Don't touch it. Don't, don't do that. You know, that's, you know, you can imagine, you know, if, if you have an altar in your home and you're just telling child, don't go over there, don't touch anything, don't do anything. But if you let them know what it represents and why it's important that things stay the way they are, or that, 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 you know, we're, we're careful when we're in those spaces, it's yeah. all about about opening that that avenue of, of education so that that way even if a child has a young friend who comes over don't go in that area you know it's a special area we don't want any of those things to be damaged so you know once they understand it then they can explain it and then it becomes a part of them so I think it's a wonderful practice you know and and, and just being able to also share you know our belief systems our why our rationale behind the things that we believe so that, that way we can articulate it to our children, then it's also being reinforced within us. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that that's a powerful, powerful thing. Now, I know yeah. you said that you wanted to share uh, a um, something special with us. And I think that that's wonderful. Yes. And oh my goodness, the time went so fast. So let's <laughs> share. share. <Okay>. <laughs> Skip ahead a little. Okay, so let me. I'm gonna give you. Um, I'm gonna give you first three techniques to practice as parents, and then we'll do a really quick um, example of that. So, um, so for some techniques. So again, as we said, like our kids, um, we have to teach them these practices, right? And so one of the things that you can do as a parent is um, to teach your kids how to notice and name body sensations, thoughts, and emotions. So as an example, uh, if if your child had a a stressful day, a bad day at school, Mm-hmm. And, you know, you pick them up and, and they're obviously upset. Then it's like, okay, okay, little Tommy, you know, tell me just, you know, not um, after they've already shared the story of what happened, right. 
like, okay, well, what are you noticing in your body? Like, how do you feel right now? And then maybe they'll say, oh, you know, my chest feels kind of tight or my head is hurting or, you know, so allow them to explain like what it is that they're feeling and where. And like, okay, well, what are you thinking right now? And how does that make you feel? And so this is like, we're not, you know, we're not judging them for this. We're not saying, oh, you shouldn't feel like that or, oh, you'll be okay. It's taking the moment to actually really check in and feel whatever it is that you're feeling. And again, this is something that as the adults or the parents, we can model this. So if, if, if we're going to the store and we get to the store and we're frustrated, we're running late and you know we get in the store and they're out of the thing that we came for, it's like, ah, oh. you can say, okay, you know what? You know, mommy is feeling upset right now. I, I came here for this thing and now, Oh, I'm feeling a little tight in my chest or you know, whatever, whatever. But again, it's just like normalizing it, expressing it, not pretending or, or not just getting mad and kind of cussing under our breath or something. It's like, okay, let me take this moment and acknowledge whatever it is. So another thing that you can do is to simply stop and be aware of your surroundings. And this is something like if we're in the drive-through, as an example, if the drive-through is dinner time, it's a long line in the drive-through, right? right. Um, so it's like okay, rather than just kind of zone out or be on our phones or whatever, it's like okay, let's take a moment. You know, you're in the back seat, I'm up here. Let's take a moment. Let's notice what's around us. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there's a tree over there. Oh, is that a bird in the tree? what else is going on? Is it raining? Is it sunny? But whatever, but it's bringing our awareness into this moment right now, even though, you know, we're in this drive-through line, we cannot control the drive-through. We can take this moment and together even have this special moment of, Mm -hmm. wow, look at, look at the breeze, look at how it's blowing the trees. And this is something that you know, maybe sounds really silly, um, but this is powerful. This is pulling that attention back and being in this moment. Right. That sounds like a game that reminds me of a game. Since, you know, I'm an educator, it reminds me of that game where you say, you know, I see something blue, you know, or I see something red, or I see a blue car. Where do you see a blue car at here? So just like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. So um, another practice that we can do and and teach our children is counting our breaths. So um, again, if we're finding ourselves in some situation and we're feeling some kind of way that we really don't wanna feel, it's like, okay, let's count to 10. We're gonna count our breaths. We're gonna count to 10 with our breaths. So we bring our attention in, And then we breathe and we're counting each breath. Then we get to 10. Okay, how do I feel? Mm, Still feeling a little uptight. Okay, let's do it again. And then you just keep doing that as many times as you need to until you feel like you're in a position where you can take control again of yourself. You know, the, the situation, you've been able to calm yourself and then you can proceed. And so this is something that kids absolutely can do. Absolutely. They're in class, they're taking a test, they're feeling stuck or you know right. something's going on and, and they wanna kind of react in this way. It's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I can take 10 breaths, right. then I can figure out my next move. That's it. So this is one of those things, again, you know, we do it, you know, we can do it, they will see us do it. They will start to learn. This is something I can do anytime. Awesome. So it's giving them that power over themselves. The teacher doesn't have to, you know, try to discipline them or the circumstance is not controlling them. It's right. like, this is them taking their power back. That's it. It becomes that, that self-regulation that, that we all are required to have at some point. So we're not getting to that space where 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 we are not being proactive, you know, where we're just reacting and having outbursts 
I mean, I think that that's beautiful. Those are beautiful practices and they're practical. And those are things that, that are not, you know, above the realm of, of things that we can't do. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, those are things that we can teach our children that are relatively easy while also teaching ourselves. Yeah. I think that is amazing. That is amazing. Okay. Well, like I said, as we, as we get ready to wrap things up and like I said, this has been a wonderful time. You know, we can talk for a whole nother hour, (laughs) but you always have opportunities to, to, to have you back to even talk more about these things. So you know, all is never lost. <laughs> I said, this is what's happening right now. Next week, there'll be something else happening and, and we'll still be here talking about right. living in this now. So yeah, being uh, talking about living in the now, I always ask, uh, you know, my guests to share with our listeners, what are some things that you are doing to live in the now, to, to navigate in this space that we're in? I know that we're moving back towards going back outdoors and, and interacting with people. There are still some who are still in, in those spaces of fear and still in those spaces of, of trying to learn how to, to navigate in, in what it is that we're doing now and what are some of the things that you are doing? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, so for me, one of the things that I do is um, I have a daily practice of meditation mm-hmm. and um, the practice that I do is called commanding the morning. And so I do this, or a version of this, at least every day, uh, within like the first 20 minutes of waking. And, um, and so, like I said before, meditation, sometimes people think, uh, you know, you gotta go off into a mountain or <laughs> it's gotta be this whole thing. And I mean, there are many, many different types of meditation, um, but, um, this one practice that I do, it's really, really simple. And um, if you like to, to get a little sample of it now, we can, cool. can try it out now. Okay, great. So what we're gonna do, and of course, those who will be listening to this later, um, you know, this is if you're not driving or operating <laughs> any type of, you know, heavy machinery or anything like right. that. Um, so what we want to do is we're going to close our eyes for just a few moments um, to, to do this. And what happens when we close our eyes is it pulls our attention back into ourselves. So it actually shuts out the things around us and it makes it easier for us to bring that attention into ourselves. So we're going to close our eyes for just a moment. And we're gonna start off by focusing on our breathing, focusing on the breath. And so I'm gonna ask you to take three breaths. So we're gonna inhale through our nose and exhale out of our mouth. So if you would inhale and hold it and then exhale And again, inhale through the nose and hold it and exhale. And one more time, inhale through the nose and hold it. And then exhale. Now, keeping your eyes closed, I want you to imagine that we are at the beach. This is the perfect summer day, whatever that is for you. And I want you to imagine the sun is shining So feel the sun as those rays are hitting your skin. Feel the warmth, maybe imagine the light. Then I want you to notice, can you hear any seagulls around? 
You hear children playing. And then take a breath in and out. Now I want you to imagine that we're going to walk in the sand. And as you're taking steps, can you feel the warmth of the sand under your feet? Do you feel the shifting of the sand as you take each step? Let's take another breath in and out. We're gonna take a few more steps. We're walking towards the water. Do you notice the wind? Can you feel that ocean breeze? What is the smell? Is it a little fishy, a little salty? Can you smell popcorn in the air? Then we're gonna inhale and exhale. And we'll take another step and we are right there at the water's edge. And then you can open your eyes. From that brief moment, did you notice anything or, or what did you feel, Kim? What was your experience with that? My experience, I'm a very visual person. So yes, I can hear, I can visualize everything. I can feel the water just about to touch my toe. <laughs> and that's just beautiful. I felt a sense of peace. Definitely a sense of peace with every breath. I just felt more and more relaxed. And I was there. I was there just embracing nature, smelling the salt. I could smell the salt in the water. And that's what resonated with me. Just, just that feeling that peace. Yeah. In yeah. The beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that's meditation. Yes. I mean, that's something that, you know, we can do that anywhere, anytime. Right. That's right. And especially for those who who feel like they're they're always, uh, you know, their mind always wanders. You know, Erica just did uh, also a sampling of of guided meditation where you have someone who's talking. So you're focusing on what it is that that person is saying. And that's keeping you from focusing on all the other things because you're trying to pay attention to what you're being asked to do. So, yeah. you know. Congratulations to those who have never meditated. You have just officially meditated. So, that, <laughs> hey, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. it's a so beautiful. that's that's what I do in the now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and it's like I said, it's a wonderful practice, and and one that you know, on any level, you know, for those who can be in complete silence, it's a beautiful practice. So that's something that is awesome. Again, Erica, thank you so much for sharing the meditation with us, for also sharing the information on how we can, you know, incorporate our children into our spiritual lives and how they can begin to express those things that are going on around them. That's very important for us each to understand that we are unique, that we are powerful, that there are energies that are going on around us, and that those things are to be acknowledged and valued and not to be ridiculed or taken for granted because they all help to shape us and to mold us into the people who we are. Okay, so we wanna definitely ask you how people can get in contact with you and, and to you know, experience your services. Oh, thank you. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, so they can reach me. Um, my, uh, my, my store address is um, thewisdomrealms.com. So that's T-H-E-W-I-S, D-O-M-R-E-A-L-M-S.com. It's the wisdomrealms.com. And my services are on there. So if someone wants to book a session, it is there. Um, I teach classes as well. 
Uh, and like I said, I have uh, different products that people can purchase to use in their home um, to help support them. Awesome. Awesome. So that's www.thewisdomrealms.com. And that will be in the show's description. And so with that, we will end this session of the How Now podcast. Again, thank you so much, Erica, for sharing your wisdom. And one more thing. Do you have any other words that you want to leave with our listeners before we go? Um, you are more powerful than you know. You're more powerful, more powerful than you know. Enough said. Okay. Again, that will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast, where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, I say peace. Bye, everyone.